0: Welcome to the True Transformation Podcast with your host, me, Josiah Novak. Welcome to the podcast. Here's my daddy, Josiah Novak. Welcome back to the True Transformation Podcast. This is your host, Josiah Novak. And today I have a very special guest on the show, one of my great friends, Tanner Guzzi. And Tanner... Is the owner of a company called Masculine Style, and you can check him out over on Twitter and Instagram at Tanner Guzzy. That's T A N N E R G U Z Y. Today, we sit down and we talk about a lot of stuff. In fact, Tanner is a men's style coach, uh, but we talk about other stuff today besides men's style. We do get into some of that, but we talk about his prep for Spartan Race, we talk about him having his fifth child, we talk about the importance of having a large family if you can. Um, we talk about today's society and how it's anti-family in a lot of ways. And we talk about religion. We talk about being transparent and authentic on social media. Uh, it's a very interesting conversation. You're going to want to dig into this one because it's a lot of fun. Tanner and I, uh, we're pros in the game when it comes to podcasting. We've been doing it for a long time. So it's a really good back and forth And I think you'll get a lot out of this. Make sure you connect with Tanner, especially if you're a guy who needs to really get his act together when it comes to his style and how he has his appearance set up and his dress code and all the things that you want to stand for as a man in today's world. It's very important to take care of your aesthetics. Uh, Real men do care how they look, Uh, and it's important that you have a mentor when it comes to style. Tanner is my go-to when it comes to all things men's fashion, men's style, and appearance. Tanner is also an author, so be sure to grab his book, The Appearance of Power, now available on Amazon, and check out his website, masculine-style.com. Without further ado, let's jump into today's show with Tanner Guzzi. Hey, before we jump into today's show with my great friend Tanner, I want to just remind you that today's Show is sponsored by Manscaped. Now, Manscaped is, and it's perfect timing because we're talking about men's style, men's appearance, and guys. As you're getting in better shape, it's important to take care of how you look with your shirt off, and let's be honest, how you look naked. Your spouse doesn't like you to be sloppy down there, if you know what I'm talking about. So, Manscaped is obsessed over technology that has provided you the best tools for grooming, especially men's grooming. The men's grooming experience for a long time was a scary one, let's just be honest, you're afraid of cutting yourself, you're afraid of hurting the family jewels, if you will. But Manscaped is trusted by over two million men worldwide. And today we have an exclusive offer just for my listeners, 20% off plus free shipping. I mean, they're basically giving this stuff away if you use the code lookgoodnaked over at manscaped.com. Manscaped has hooked me up with their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. There's a ton of stuff in there. My favorite uh, is the lawnmower 3.0, which comes uh, inside the package uh, with everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and also smelling really nice down there, especially for guys who like to work out and sweat and all that stuff, you do stink. And so it's time to make sure you're taking care of all areas, not just your armpits, if you know what I mean. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code lookgoodnaked over at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping over at manscaped.com. Use the code lookgoodnaked, unlock your confidence, and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, now that we have our sponsors out of the way, it's time to discuss a lot of great stuff with Tanner Guzzi. All right. We're good. We're live. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so you just had a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Number five. (laughs) Holy crap, man, dude. What? So is it any different after a certain amount? Like once you get past three or four, whatever, is it any different or is it? So
1: I have this theory that odd numbers are what throw everything off because obviously your first is just like, what the crap are we doing? This is wild. Your second one, you've kind of got it figured out to some extent, and then you can still tag team it as parents. Three is when you're outnumbered and it's wild. Like the man, the first eight weeks of having our third were so rough. Four was easy. Four was just like nothing. It was oh, okay, we just have another. And then five has been uh, almost as almost as tough as three, as far as the (laughs) transition is concerned. So there's
0: there's my running theory. (laughs) Now it makes sense though. I mean, because we're uh, we're trying for three. Nice. uh, That was my that was my only concern, right? Because right now you know, I can handle two. give her a break, we can handle one at a time. Easy. Right. Mm -hmm. But then you throw in a baby. And I'm like, thinking about scenarios. I'm like, right now, this would be pretty (laughs) tough. Yeah. And it is there's there's
1: a couple of things that come into this. The first one is that just like those first few weeks are rough, because she needs time to be able to recover and she needs all that time to be able to be with baby. And so you are like full time single dad at that point, you know, for the first few weeks. And I don't know how it works in your household. But for us, we've got a pretty like, even division and traditional division of labor. And so like, for me to have to be doing dishes and cleaning and all this, like, it's just totally out of my wheelhouse right now. And so there's that. But then also just in general, it's it's harder. But what's cool is that for both of you, you know, it's like, I mean, obviously we, we, get this on this level. It's like strength training. Like as you put more weight on the bar and you get that progressive overload, you just get to, you get to the point where you're capable of handling that load. And it's the same thing with kids where there's more weight on the bar and you either
0: put it up or you don't, but you know, it's, it's a little bit more do or die than in the squat rack. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, I never, I grew up, I was the oldest of six, right. So oh, okay, i come from yeah. a pretty big family, but I felt my entire life, like I was almost a parent, right? Because I'm the oldest of six. And so I'm always helping out, always babysitting, always watching kids. And so I thought, you know, I'm gonna have a smaller family Mm -hmm. uh, when I'm older because it was a lot of work, you know, growing up. But now that I have two, I'm like, you know, I don't know, it's something, it's like, it's almost like tattoos. (laughs) (laughs) Once you get a few, you're like, boom, you're in. I want more (laughs) of this, man. Like, and I'm sure you would agree when you have a healthy family environment, it, it it encourages you to have more. Oh, right? totally.
1: Yeah, because not only do you get this new dynamic that's added in where you love this new child, but you also get to see each of your other children function in a totally different way. And so everything just expands and gets better.
0: Exactly. Yeah, like I want my current youngest to, to be a big brother because right. I think he would be so great at it. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. And then for your oldest to be able
1: to now have to handle the functionality, because- I mean, yeah, I'm the oldest of five, you're the oldest of six, like we know what it's like, but that responsibility is good for us. It's good for my oldest daughter to have to carry some of that load. And I think oldest kids are kind of wired that way, where they almost need that extra level of responsibility to meet their full potential. And so, yeah, I mean, if you've got if you're in a position where you guys are emotionally and spiritually capable of handling it, and at least like 80% financially capable of handling it, have as many kids as you can. And then all those other things increase with it too. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't think there's been more of an important time than right now for big, healthy families. Agreed. Because that's so anti right now. It's such a
1: fun way to rebel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, literally, that's what we're looking at. Where I I can't tell you how many times I talk to even younger people, right? Like I, Mm -hmm. being the oldest of six, I have younger siblings and they're hesitant. Right to have families because their generation is so anti. I don't know, I don't know exactly what maybe traditional values is probably the best way to put it. Sure. Yeah. But I can't stress how important enough if you're a healthy individual and you have a healthy spouse, healthy, healthy relationship, it has never been more important right now. To have a big family because of everything going on, it's so anti what they want. Right. That I support people. I if I could have six kids, I would totally. Me and my wife are in agreement on that. I was like, yeah, we'll keep going right until God says stop. Yep. Because honestly, that's my moral obligation. I gotta, I gotta create better humans. Right. Like that's, that's only way we're gonna. If you want to get down to it, survive. Totally. Right. Because without, I mean, I, I just. Every message that comes across the, the dashboard these days is like so anti that. It really is. Well, and
1: I, I agree with you that it's the best time ever to get to do this. And I know that so many people say like, well, that's crazy. Like, it's a terrible time to have kids because there's so many, it, there's so many messages that are anti-traditional family or so many, so much that's anti our morals. But what's really cool is that you also get very intentional and involved parents that aren't just parenting by default. And so I don't think that there have ever been better circumstances and you and I get to experience this. I mean, we get to run our own businesses, we get to choose our schedules like I am way more involved as a father than my dad ever had the opportunity to be and my kids get so much more exposure to both masculinity and femininity than my siblings and I ever got like, we're in such a better position to be good parents than my parents or their parents or their parents or anybody for generations really have been because of the way the world being the way it is. So I totally agree with you.
0: Yeah. I, I, that statement I, I hear all the time is like, oh, I would hate to bring my kids into this crazy world. I'm like, what?
1: You and heard of World War One or World War Two? Black plague? The, you know? the Civil
0: War. I'm not right. sure if you've heard of the draft. But you know, <laughs> it, was, it hasn't always been this great. I mean, it's been, no. this is like the golden age, especially with what I consider to be still – uh, opportunity in both uh, physical jobs, right, where you still could go out and have a, a trade of some yep. kind, but so easily then transition to uh, business or online, uh, some type of work online. There, there's just a lot of opportunity, not to mention, you're you're no longer uh, held back by your geographical location, right? No, you literally have the world at your fingertips. Uh, you have to keep those silver linings, uh, even though yes, there is craziness. But the craziness, I would argue, and I think we've had this discussion before, I feel like the craziness now is so much more easily overcome if you have good morals and good values. Yes. It's almost easier to be successful now because people crave the good in this world right. so much more than they do the bad. Even though the noise might seem different, it, right. it really is an easier, uh, and I say easier, it's a bigger opportunity for your kids. Right. And I feel like personally, it's a whole lot easier to be
1: able to stave off, you know, garbage coming in through Netflix or through other stuff than it is to worry about. I'm going to have nine kids and six of them are going to die before they reach the age of three. Exactly. (laughs) You know, in so many ways, it's so much easier, especially if you just choose to be intentional and proactive as a parent, as opposed to just passive and kind of going with the inertia of what society says to do.
0: Yeah. So speaking of society, how, how has the past, cause we haven't talked, uh, since before, uh, 2020, I think we did okay. a show in end of 2019. I want to say this. Probably.
1: Is, yeah. That sounds familiar. It's been a minute.
0: It's been a little while. I mean, we, we connect a lot on social media, but, um, so how I obviously, so you, you homeschool, right? right. So what did anything change? I mean, was it, was it pretty easy to transition?
1: Yeah, I would say for us, like 90% of our lives stayed the same because I work from home, we homeschool. Um, The couple of conferences a year that I speak at still happen. The biggest thing for us was was church changed. Uh, For a while, there were quite a few months where we were doing church at home. And then now we're doing it and there's still masks and other restrictions and stuff like that. And so that's really been the only real change. And what's cool is that being able to have the opportunity to do things like – participate in in worship and different rituals and things like that and doing it in our home has actually made our home feel much more what integrated that it's just as much of a spiritual place for us as it is a place of like physical safety or entertainment or family or anything else and so in a lot of ways like our lives are better i made more money last year than i did any year before that like we've been incredibly blessed with what 2020 has has thrown down the pike for us yeah
0: yeah man i i would echo those sentiments because 2020, I mean, I will say this from a family perspective, we've never been better. Uh, And also from an individual perspective, I've never been more convicted around my beliefs. Yeah. Like I, I didn't really give too many, you know, (laughs) F-U-C-Ks. I'm trying not not to cuss anymore, by the way. Which I appreciate. That's awesome. Good on you. It's really good. A terrible habit. So it's a good thing to cut out. But um, I used to not care that much about what people think. Now Mm -hmm. I really don't care. Yeah, right? like yeah, you I find your about... tribe
1: that their opinion matters and
0: everybody exactly.
1: else you don't have you haven't earned the right for your opinion to matter to me.
0: You know the one, well, the one group of people that I care about is the family, right? And yeah. that is it. That is it. And I think 2020 reminded us so much about what to avoid, <laughs> right? And just not get in the mix and get distracted and get so caught up in stuff because it's a losing game every oh, yeah. time. Right now I'm very hard on my stance on things because we, you and I both have a following. So I like to influence in a positive way. So I'm going to right. this is what I believe. Follow me or not. Cool. When are you, do you
1: feel like, cause I feel a moral obligation to do that. Do you feel that Absolutely, same way?
0: Absolutely, man. Okay. Awesome. I, yeah. I feel called to do it. So there were yes. periods where I said, I'm going to avoid it, but I would wake up on fire. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I would be like, no, I got to like, I made a post yesterday about some of my political beliefs and just my beliefs in general life beliefs. Yeah. It got so much positive feedback. Like it was insane. It was like the floodgates opened. It was like my most interactive post on social in a long time. And I just get these, these positive reinforcements from not being a bully. Like I know that's some of the approach of people, but just being like, Hey, I'm going to put my flag here. Yes. all it. the things that I'm
1: in favor of and all the things that I'm pro and all the things that matter to me, not I'm going to spend all my time being anti this or antagonistic to that or anything else. It's, yeah, I'm planning my flag. I'm going to defend the perimeter of it. And as long as you don't try to take it down, we can be
0: good. Exactly. I respect <laughs> your flag, right? Yeah. But I'm going to demand respect for mine too. Absolutely. And I think, and I, you and I, I, we see eye to eye, and I mean it's probably not the most exciting podcast. We're not gonna, like <laughs> back and forth. Hey, you're right. Hey, you're right. bunch <laughs> your <laughs> back rubs going on, but you know it's <laughs> like it, you, you just have to be that way. And I would, I, I would love to hear your take on people of influence, right? Because there's been I, what I've seen online is there's some of our close friends very open about their beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. Very straightforward. But I've been almost disappointed with some people who almost are like. Nah, I'm not going to even tell you what I believe, even though they have a strong influence, they're going to kind of toe the line and almost go so hard into their educational content or whatever. And right. never, never give you, um, like we said, a flag to to plant and say, Hey, this is where I stand on things, even though they could easily make a huge influence. what What is your take on that? What has been your take? Okay.
1: So this is, a, I like this question because this is something I've actually been wrestling with for the last couple of months, because from my own personal perspective on it, the way that I act, the way that I resonate the most with other people is it's, you should be the same person online and offline. And so what your moral convictions are, what your philosophical beliefs, your religion, your politics, all of that, that, that makes up who you are. And so if you were going to be congruent, and that means if you're going to actually be happy, if you're going to feel like the real congruent, authentic version of yourself, none of that should be off limits when it comes to social media. Now it doesn't mean that you're going to be like talking about arguments with your spouse or talking about how great the sex is or that you're going to be talking about like but the the big picture 50,000 foot up things like those things all of that should be on there. That's the way that I've always fallen on it. I'm going through um a Washington a biography on George Washington right now, uh the one that's called A Life by Ron Chernow. Have you read this one? Mm -mm. it's a freaking tome i mean it's gigantic and talk about like the most impressive incredible man that's ever he's phenomenal and he was also very very private about so much even to the point where there's a lot of speculation that he would uh he would refer to god as providence and that he wouldn't go to church because he felt like it was uh it was opening up too much intimacy when people would see him participate in, uh, in basically the the sacrament service, right? And so there's, and so the way that I'm wrestling with this is, I could see merits for both. And I'm wondering, and I'm curious to get your take on this, I'm wondering how much of it has more to do with what the culture is in which you live. Because in Washington's time, that level of privacy, that level of self-respect, that level of dignity and everything was very much culturally expected. And the amount of things that we just broadcast and self-promote and put on display, I think would be appalling to anybody who lived back then. Totally. But this is the world in which we live now where we all, especially guys who do what we do, like we have to self-promote. That's how we grow our businesses. We are our businesses. Like we're the brand, your personal brand, and you are, even if you're not an entrepreneur, like that's um, if somebody's hiring you, they're looking at your social media and this is, this is the world that you live in now. And so I do, I start to think more and more that my initial approach to this, that you need to do it in order to be uh, integrated and authentic and congruent is the right way, not universally, but because of the society in which we find ourselves now. Does that make sense? Am I explaining that in a way that that sounds makes so
0: different? much sense? I, I think... At the end of the day, and we all have a different, uh, you know, take on on how private or how open we are with our lives. I'm a simple guy. At the end of the day, and I like to keep things super simple. And what I look at it as is, what would my so what I share. I ask myself a couple of questions. Myself a couple of questions, right? And one is, why am I doing this? Why am okay. I sharing this, right? Mm-hmm. I think if I had my choice, if I was in, in complete control of everything going on, I would say I, I would like most things to be private, um, because I think sometimes people are literally lying. Actually, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> people are literally creating a yeah. false reality, right, of what their life looks like, what they have, what they do. Ninety percent of it, I would argue, is total crap. Mm-hmm. The other thing too, and I was just having this discussion with my wife literally a couple of days ago, I realized. And it was almost an awakening moment. I was sitting in bed and I realized seeing nudity is now normal, right? Like it's normal. It's I can't wild. open up any social media and not see some, cause I'm in fitness.
1: Oh, yeah. could, I didn't think argue about that for thing. you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, everything is sexual, everything. Right. And even if it's not like full on nudity, everything is still hyper-sexualized. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's sharing something that I mean, your body is one of the most private things mm-hmm. and I get it because it, it hits on the temptation that we all have. Right. And it, it's, it's something that drives likes and clicks and views. Right. Right. So the way I tackle this is what is my calling? First of all, right. What is my calling in life? My calling in life, number one is to be a great father. I mm-hmm. believe that, right. Cause mm-hmm. I come from a chain of terrible fathers. God is the ultimate father. So that's my mission, right. Yep. To be like God. I'm never going to be God, obviously. I'm never going to be close.
1: Right. But But,
0: but having that as the aspirational goal means that you can keep making progress and never rest on your laurels. It's it's perfect. Yeah. Totally. And so when you study the history of God and Christ and all these things, you see that he was very direct, right, with where he stood on things. But also, if you look back, he never said or did anything that would be considered shameful. Right, right. So you look back like he hung out with people who weren't the cool, like weren't necessarily the cream of the crop. Right, right. yeah, the right. the publicans and the and the sinners and all of that. Yeah, exactly. So, I might associate with people who wouldn't be considered perfect, which none of us are, or maybe far from perfect people. Right. But when I am on social, sharing things that I'm doing or interacting with people, I ask myself: Is this serving the mission? Number one, am I also saying and doing things that if my sons look back. 20 years from now and they dig up my tweets or whatever would they be okay and proud or, cool. or would they at least be like hey our dad stood for something even if i'm proven i would love to be proven wrong prove me right wrong.
1: That would be great but at least you've got, got the respect. conviction to stand up for something
0: exactly in a way yeah. that demands respect not in a way that beats people down and says you you know like i see name calling and like trust me i'm tempted to do some of it at times yes and I might delete tweets, <laughs> but that, but in reality, I'm just like hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's like, all right, that, that one's out there, I better delete it. But so that's how I look at it. And and also when I look at my spouse, right? And I mm-hmm. say, would I want her sharing all of our intimate things? Like she's more, way more private than me, right? It, yeah. it's due to the nature of my business. But there are certain things that are like sacred and I see, and I saw. This is what brought up the discussion. I saw a guy, and I'm not going to say who it was, married, literally using his wife, her body, as a way to get attention on himself. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to judge, but I know that that is a line I will never cross. I can't do it. My wife is beautiful. I can't help. I mean, she gets attention, right? It's it's. I'm not going to put her private body parts on display in a way that just drives people for.
1: And it's for so your steadily. own
0: sake. Oh my yeah, gosh. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's, but, but when it comes to my stance on morals and things like that, yeah, I feel like when I write something or when I post something, I'm literally writing to my boys. Right. Yeah. That's how I look at everything I do. Like, what would I tell them in real life? They're not old enough yet to understand a lot of this stuff, but what would I tell them right now in this moment? And that's what I write, and that's how I determine is this something I'm willing to share? Because awesome. sometimes, that I mean, all the time, that fits the mission, right? That yeah. fits the, the calling.
1: Yeah, every time. Yeah, no, I think that that's that's a really great way of doing it. And what I love is that your approach is one because it is man, it's such a hard balance for most people to strike because it's really easy to get reactive and antagonistic, and I see plenty of people who do that. That they they to their credit. They have their convictions and they stick to them. And then they also go hard against anybody else. Or you get a lot of this like milk toast, nice guy, or just very like, oh, we're only going to talk about the professional things. And we're not going to actually dabble in any of this other stuff. And there's this weakness there. And you get a few guys and you were definitely one of them. Like again, to, you know, continue the, the back padding of this <laughs> podcast. But you do, you do this so well that never do I feel like I wonder where Josiah stands on anything. Nor do I ever see you say anything that I just go, man, that he's being a dick. <laughs> so yeah, I think yeah, I think he's you got to the balance well.
0: really well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and likewise, like I, I think though that's why we need more men with morals and convictions. Even if you disagree with me, right? Like right. I'm cool with that because that's how we progress in life mm-hmm. is we have discussions or at least we can be respectful of each other with knowing like hey this is where you stand and that's fine that's the beauty of freedom right
1: yeah or even if it's not fine and i think it's wrong i still respect you totally without having any like oh you do you or anything i can still respect you and go yeah he's i he's way wrong on that but he's got the convictions to actually do it and he's thought it through as opposed to just me kind of thing
0: the milk yeah the 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 basic gray area mm-hmm. stuff it I think in today's world, and I'm not sure who said it recently, but it's like, I think if you want now, if you want to, if you want to be known and, and, and also do it in a way that helps people and actually uh, drives progress or drives, um, I don't know, I guess progression, whatever you want to call the right Mm -hmm. word, drives it in a good way, right? Moves, moves forward. You're going to have to be willing to put yourself out there and be clear on where you stand because there's so much noise now man like there's yeah. just and guess who's the loudest <laughs> people who we probably don't agree with <laughs> right? exactly we we have to and it's not a shouting match it's just hey we got to be willing to to have our hill right right i'd rather And it can't be that that's off. the only
1: voice that's heard exactly that can't be the only signal that's being out there. You have to have another signal that goes out. And one of the things and I'm I would imagine this is the same thing for you, but a lot of people especially when they think about it from a business perspective they're they're worried that if I say these things then I'm going to I'm going to lose opportunities. Maybe I lose a job or maybe I lose out on growing my job, my you know, my my own brand that I'm building or anything. And I know for me, you know, I've always been more vocal about philosophical things about masculinity about stuff like that and it was about two two and a half years ago that i made a conscious decision that i was going to start talking about my religion just as much as everything else and it was going to be front and center that i'm a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and almost everything that i do is informed by this and i remember being worried that it's like okay there goes two-thirds of my following and my business is going to suffer and it never happened. Things just keep growing. Like I, you know, and I I haven't reached some like exponential level of of business or of influence or anything, but my, my business is better. My social media presence is better. And so not only do I feel more congruent in what I'm doing, but I actually get to, I still, I still get to make more money. I still get to have higher caliber conversations with higher caliber people. And so Maybe at some point there will be trade-offs. Maybe at some point you and I are going to get full on persecuted and prosecuted and everything that comes with it. But at least for now, I get to have my cake and eat it too. And it's pretty awesome. Then has that been the same, the same for you as you've gotten more vocal
0: with it? And I would even, I would, I would challenge you on the fact that you don't have a a huge, that you, 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 you could pack stadiums, right. With your following. Yeah, that's true. A lot of people. That's, that's true a lot of people it's and funny how relative
1: it all is when you've got friends that are in the millions or anything you're like oh I'm just a little guy but you're right there' you can yeah you can fill stadiums with the amount of people who come to listen to us
0: exactly so I think that um, not to mention you're you're living the ultimate dream right of beautiful family healthy family able to influence men and 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 women too in a very positive way that is only going to better their life. There is not, uh, that's the thing about church and religion, which I, I've been a, a Christian since I was eight. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I hid it for a long time, partially because I come from a very abusive home where I would go to church and then get abused at home. And I would say, hey, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> right. But luckily God didn't give up on me. Right. Right. He, yep. I still had that in my heart that, you know what? Yes, people are not perfect and we all struggle with things, but the, the hiding the religion came from this same thing. I didn't mm-hmm. want my friends and followers to judge me, right? And be like, oh, The only thing that's got that's happened is my following has gone up. Yeah, it. it's right? fantastic. It's crazy how that works, and, and 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 people literally. So when when I interact with clients or I interact with people, they're like, "Hey, I, I literally signed up just because you're willing to talk about things yes. that I agree with and all like, the time, all the time." Oh. it's powerful, right? Like you're just like, and now I want to do it even more. Now I'm like, dude, I'm I'm going hard. I'm going to share Bible verse. I don't care. (laughs) I'm just going to go hard because it's what I get. I get passionate about it, right? Right. Like like I feel alive when I talk about it. So honestly, if you don't like it, it's all good. Well, but think about, think about the good that comes from that because
1: your religion and your relationship with God and your, your willingness to follow commandments and make sacrifices and all of that are not these begrudging things that it's like, oh, I have to do it, but I really just don't want to do it. Like I we all know that we really want to just go and commit all these sins, but we're just following the commandments because we have to. And I don't know how it was for you, but for me, like as a young kid and as a teenager and everything, that's what religion felt like to me is it was just suppress, suppress, suppress. And I think again, like this whole idea of social media and using it for this voice, and this has become a thing for me where it's very intentional is I want to see people who enthusiastically live that religion so that you can present a positive like cause and effect and my life is awesome not in spite of my beliefs but because of my beliefs and so i love that you're talking about like i want to go hard because this is the stuff that i do get passionate about because we need that kind of energy when when people are posting stuff because begrudging christians are not you need enthusiastic
0: christians that's what we need totally man the the best quote that i it'll always stick with me. Um, but it, it, it resonated with me so much still does every day is the biggest, cro- biggest problem with Christianity is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and deny Him with their lifestyle. Yep. And I thought, man, that is re- that is it for me. Like I, I have to show people that it's possible to enjoy the heck out of every ounce of your life mm-hmm. and follow God. Yeah,
1: they're not mutually exclusive.
0: That's no. the whole point. Is it supposed to make you happier? And when you do it right, and you do it enthusiastically instead of begrudgingly, it does make you happier. Totally, man. And I'm I'm the last guy who could ever judge you, but I've made many, many of course, me mistakes. too. And I like to share some of those too. Sometimes, like, hey guys, mm-hmm. like I struggle with this stuff. Like I get it. So it's not about hey man, like all these. It's kind of like dieting, right? Like I, I like to tell people, look, man, yeah, there are certain things that you want to avoid. Yeah. But food can actually be great. You can enjoy it and get results. If you yes. have the right structure and plan, same goes with religion. God didn't like make all this stuff for us to be like miserable. <laughs> Here are my arbitrary rules to watch you squirm and have no, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Not at all. I feel like it, but that's, I tell people, look, that, that thought is, is the evil, right? That's right. what, that's where it comes into play of this whole back and forth. But in reality, the more you trust in the good, the more your life just blossoms, and you Absolutely. just feel tremendously fulfilled. Um, make more money, like all these things. Like it really does work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I think that more social media. Like people ask me about tips, I say, man, just be you. Yeah. But be authentically you to the point where you are uncomfortable with it sometimes. Not not yes. like not like we the sexual stuff that we talked about. But right, just, right. 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 Hey man, I know I'm I'm called to share this and it, it kind of, I'm kind of struggling.
1: Take a little social <laughs> risk with it. Yes. And not only that, but even like aspirationally you, because that's uncomfortable as well. Like don't cause the just be you thing can be And I know you're not saying this, but a lot of times it gets yeah. interpreted this way where people are just like, great. I'm perfect as I am. If you don't love me exactly as I am, then you don't deserve me or anything. It's like, no, you can. You got to be authentic to the the highest version of yourself, to what the best version of that looks like. And one of the things that I personally do with my social media that's more selfish than anything else is I post my goals because then I'm publicly accountable for them. And then I have a little bit more pressure to actually have to live up to them, like leverage it as a tool to make you be the best version of yourself. And you'll also see all these things continue to thrive, whether that's your following or your own personal satisfaction
0: or any of that. Mm, I love that, man. Speaking of goals, a perfect segue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I want to talk about what you have going on. Cause wh- one thing I, I love about your stuff too, is that you're always doing something different with your fitness. It's almost like, uh, you're, 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 uh, you're going after a big goal in different realms of fitness, which I, I, I wish more guys would do, um, where, whether it's a strength based goal, maybe it's like you did boxing at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, now it's the Spartan race. Right. So, and you've had other ones too, but um, talk talk to me about that. Like, what Now that you got five kids too, <laughs> how are you able to put energy and focus into something like that right now? Uh, one of the beauties of self-employment
1: is that I get to control my schedule and I don't have to work a 40 or 60 or most weeks, even a 20 hour week. And so I have the ability to be able to focus time on family and focus time on fitness and focus on other projects and stuff like that. And so I, uh, and that's not always been the case. There have been years where fitness meant waking up at five and, or being at the gym at five and trying to sneak in everything before a full day at work and all of that. And now I'm in a position where I can kind of, you know, I can go for a run at noon if I feel like it and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm from that perspective, I'm very blessed in the way that I have a lot more control over my schedule than I ever have. And then that most people do. And from the perspective, as far as like, just changing all the time. I I don't know. I love hybrid athletes, guys like Nick bear and other dudes that you don't just get mutually exclusive. Like you don't just get hyper-focused in this one department because when you think about, okay, there's two ways that I think about this. One is when you think about kind of like maximizing on your masculinity, you got to get good at a bunch of different things. And fitness is one of those things that it's so much more than just how much you can lift, but you also need to be able to lift. You have to be able to strike and defend and you need to be able to have stamina and endurance and all of that. And so for me, all of that is appealing. And then the other part of it, too, is especially with my son. I don't know what he's going to be into and whatever it is that he's into. I want to be able to have a basic level of fitness so that all I need to develop is some level of a skill set and understanding of that so that I can participate right along with him rather than, well, dad played football and this is a football family and and kind of pigeonholing him into my skills. I want to be able to adapt to where he's going to be when he starts expanding more into that.
0: Man, I love that, dude. That that gave me like a, a little bit of a chill because that's, yeah. That, I'm trying to put it into words why I've been over the past, and I, I will admit for many years, I was, very much into just like the bodybuilding, right? Mm-hmm. Like just aesthetics, looking good, getting ripped, getting jacked. And then I got hurt a few times, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna start experimenting with other things. Riding the bike, running. Yeah,
1: I loved seeing that after you tore your bicep doing it yeah. was it was the Spartan race, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you picked like up the, the bike, and I was like, he's breaking all the rules, and I love it.
0: I <laughs> know. <laughs> and 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 here's the thing: like, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I tell people all the time my injuries that I had over the past. Half decade, which were some very just freakish injuries. Mm-hmm. They were the best thing that ever happened to me for fitness and, and mental uh, gains because it forced me to go. You know what? I'm I'm playing small, right? Yeah. Like and body pigeonholes building, are
1: boring and lame.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And dude, our bodies, man, they're so much more capable of other things. Like, I want to do a fight at some point because it scares me, right? Like yeah. I'm like, dude, I love jujitsu. I love uh, boxing, and I do it. I do it, and I just need to go fight somebody <laughs> Yeah.
1: because it's, it's terrifying it's, and it's wonderful it's terrifying
0: yeah and you're like oh my gosh if I get knocked out like that's gonna be everyone's gonna know but oh it's you know humiliating
1: what? I got wrecked at my fight and it's just <laughs> I had the biggest crowd there out of everybody that whole night I had more people there to see me and I've never been to about where I've seen somebody get as beaten up as I like I just got wrecked
0: <laughs> but it was still awesome <laughs> not up. at all not at all I can't wait to do it again exactly yeah and so like what you said about not knowing what the future looks like in terms of what you might need to be ready for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's so many different uh, aspects to this whole game of fitness. And I think the problem was for many years, like, and I'd love to hear your take, but like the problem was the only access we really had to fitness was bodybuilders. Right. right? It was like forums and bodybuilding.com. And like, that yeah. was it. You're like, Oh, I guess I just got to go lift and eat. Chicken That's and it. Yeah. That's it. That or you're playing a traditional ball sport. Yeah, which you know, when you have average genetics, and you know, you're like, well, I'm I'm a decent athlete, but I'm not pro material. Maybe, right? Maybe I just didn't make it or whatever. What do I do now? Well, I just it's bodybuilding, right? Like (laughs) exactly, yeah. Unless
1: you're playing rec league soccer, like you're you're
0: doing, yeah, you're doing bodybuilding, exactly. Yeah, and and you brought up Nick Bearwood. Yeah, it's a perfect example. Somebody who's willing to go after it hard too, like, not just it's like, hard. Hey, I'm going to like, try to run a marathon. Like, no, no, no. Like I'm going to go all in on this goal. And if I don't do exactly how I want to do, I'm going to go do it again until I get yeah. where I want to be. Well, he's the reason I
1: trained for the, for, uh, I did a half Ironman last year hmm. was after watching him go through that. I know that I can't emulate the, uh, the sub three hour marathon. The man's a freak or like uh Hunter McIntyre. Oh yeah. The love stuff hard. that he does. He's ridiculous. He'll do a sub three hour marathon and then he'll go into like he's he's a he's an animal. I love seeing athletes like that. Those are the kind of guys that I want my son to look at and go, That's
0: possible. That's the kind of stuff I want to do totally because it translates to everything, by the way. So much like you can do anything with that, that kind of athleticism, or at least Mm -hmm. because, and by the way, I do think to a certain extent that kind of level can be taught. People just need to. Like, like you, you know, you and I, we're, we're probably average at, at athletics, right? <laughs> but with enough practice and, and consistency, we can do really well at some of those type of of, of sports, right? Like right. running, triathlons, biking, all that stuff. But just some people have this block in their head of like, nah, I've never been an athlete. Like, well, you've never even like tried to yeah. give it enough time to see what could happen, right? You you just put this like roadblock up there. Yep.
1: Yeah. It's frustrating. And it's frustrating because I was that guy. I was a skinny kid and I was, uh, I was competent enough that I never really embarrassed myself in gym class, but I was more interested in, uh, alternative sports, BMX, snowboarding, stuff like that. And I sucked at those. And so athleticism was something that became very, what antithetical. Like I fell for the old, like eighties, nineties trope of you can be like, the the scrawny intelligent guy or the dumb jock and those are your only two options which is so ridiculous um and so i chose to be the the scrawny intelligent guy and i'm really frustrated that i didn't start really focusing on any sort of athleticism Uh, one because it came easily to some level of not embarrassing myself and then two because of that that it sucks i never really pushed myself or pursued anything i didn't start lifting until i was 28. Mm. i didn't start boxing until i was like 31 or 32. can you imagine I, I I just it sucks that I wasted my 20s not not fully taking advantage of the genetics and the time and the, the hormones is- and everything being totally in place to do that but it's now fun that I get to do it and do it in a way that it's it's so intentional and I'm not I'm not taking anything for granted which I may have had I been more of an athlete in high
0: school or in my 20s yeah we're so like we're not even mentally developed in our twenties. So you just do so much dumb stuff. Like I, mm-hmm. even me, I was dedicated to lifting for my twenties, like hard. Right. Mm-hmm. But I look back and I was like, man, I, I did so much dumb stuff. Like I, I could have done things so different. I wish yes. I could go back. Like, I feel like you're always going to have that feeling, even if you I hope really so, happen. because otherwise it means you haven't grown. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Right. If I was a genius in my twenties, then we have a problem. <laughs> That's
1: Isn't why they it? say youth
0: is wasted on the young. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, so tell me about the Spartan race. So by the way, I will, I will use your fears. I ran the beast at, that was my first race back okay. after my bicep tear. So I did. Oh, the, nice. And I did a horrible beast. I'll, I will talk about it, but okay. I know what, what so I'll doing. give you, I'll give you all the heads up for this. And this, I love
1: that this ties in really well with what we were talking about before. So here in Utah, and I swear these guys, they just, they don't quite know their demographic. So I've got a group of friends that we get together twice a month and we, we do stuff. And a lot of us have been like, we did a carnivore challenge. We just finished doing the 75 hard. And so we've all decided that we're going to do this, this race together. We, we enjoy doing these kinds of things together. And for some reason in Utah, with the sprint and the super, they scheduled those on Sunday and the beast is on Saturday. And it's like, guys, know your demographic. Like, I would imagine that you would get a lot more signups on those smaller races, and you're missing out by not doing those on Saturday when the vast majority of people here are not doing Sunday races. And so realistically, like... I think all of us would have been more comfortable signing up for, uh, I think they would have wanted to do a sprint. I would have tried to talk them into a super, but since we don't work out on Sundays, we're doing the beast because that's the only one that's on Saturday. So
0: here we go. <laughs> well, congrats. You just signed up for a world. Of- <laughs> I know I'm excited. <laughs> what, so what's your training like for right now?
1: So this is, I'm, this is one of the reasons why I first reached out and wanted to talk to you because, um, know i did all of my triathlon training and everything all year last year and uh, maintained a lot of my strength training i've been working working with uh, matt reynolds from barbell logic a really good friend and he's been my coach through all of this and so he had me on a really good lifting protocol and then once i finished the race we've been doing a lot of strength focus and everything and he's still going to help me out with that but i've been kind of just like shopping around for other training to do to figure out for the spartan especially because I'm not worried about the distance like, you know, yesterday, yeah, yesterday was my third run in like seven months and I still went and did six miles and I wasn't Mm -hmm. sweating it that much like the I'm running the distance will be fine. I'm not worried about my overall strength because those numbers are there. But what I'm worried about is the combination of the both and then also a bunch of these different skills because I can hang from my pull-up bar for maybe like 45 seconds before my hands are on fire and being able, I've never climbed a rope or a lot of this stuff. And so it's more the, the skill specific or the upper body, the grip strength, the, the, all that kind of strength, that that's what I'm more interested in trying to figure out how to do. So help me sure. out. What should I be doing? Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm going to give a shout out to a former guest on the, of the show who like changed the game for me when it came to. Okay, sport. cool. I named Yancey Culp. Uh, he runs a, a company called Yancey Camp. And uh, it's probably the most affordable, and also shockingly enough, the most effective Spartan training on the planet. Okay, uh, this guy is an absolute genius. But what I've learned from him, and so <clears throat> the main things I would think about for anybody who wants to run a Spartan race, um, number one is know your elevation, right, of what you're going to be running. Yeah. For example, like you and I could probably go out and run seven to ten miles, flat, easy pace, right. crush it, no problem. Eight and a half, nine minute miles. No problem, right? We'd be pushing it at some point, but on a flat it's doable. course, yeah. yeah, it's doable. You're not like, oh, I can never do it. We got that, right? But you get out there and you're running incline, yeah, right? Um, that's where your legs start to break down, right? It's because the lactic acid and just the muscles themselves uh, are being used in a different fashion. You know, your glutes are being pulled into it way more. Your lower back, you're like, wow, this is a little bit different cool. than okay. running flat, yeah. So i would do one of two things to start i would do a lot of runs on incline uh, or okay. or find some hills right if you yeah. have them which
1: and we do that's the beauty of being in utah lots of hills and elevation i know is like they've got the three-point system and it's it's a hard three like they're they're planning yep. on punishing us with that
0: yeah exactly so getting hills as like a the primary uh running routes as much as you can would, okay. would would be solid awesome um, the other thing too that i found and once again coming into running as a total newbie to running the, one of the biggest things that impacted me and still does is running in the proper heart rate zones right yeah so working on not only be able to run those hills but keeping your heart rate down right like below 160 below 150 you know in those like zone one zone two and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about it's basically just avoiding going over your ana- anaerobic threshold right yep Where, you're now using sugar for primary fuel, uh, and you're going to tire out a lot faster that way, right? right. So just building that aerobic engine a little bit more to be able to handle uh, some longer, tougher runs at a lower heart rate—super, super important. Now, um, and that was the same
1: with triathlon training. And one of the yeah. tricks that I learned because I I did a heart monitor, and they're not that difficult to get, not super expensive. But if you don't want to do that, one of the tricks that I learned is basically can you nose breathe
0: the whole time? Exactly. Gauge for it, yeah. <laughs> that brings up such a funny story because the first time I ever tried to run nasal breathing, I felt like I was literally going to die. So I was like, brutal. this isn't, this isn't normal guys. You like, go
1: from I'm eight minute brutal. miles to like 15 minute miles and, and you're still just dead at the end of it. I remember
0: that run. <laughs> My strides were just like, I was just like a baby <laughs> deer you know, just trying to make it through. Yep. It, it was so, I actually now, so one of the tricks I, I teach is when you warm up for training, for working out or anything, do nasal breathing. Cause it turns your body on a lot faster because mm. you're forced to actually like concentrate versus, you know, breathing through your mouth. Yeah. Breathing is a huge, huge game changer. And also the other trick too, is, um, you, you should be able to hold a conversation while you're running. Yep. That's another little, you know, check. Which, yeah. You're doing the race with friends. You should be able to talk the whole time you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with the Spartan, uh, obstacles, right. So there's a few that, uh, are more skill-based, right? So okay. like um, there's certain things that you need to know ahead of time, right? So there's a uh, YouTube is probably the best, uh, resource for this, where there's guys who literally will tell you how to do every obstacle, right? Like, here's the tricks. Um, because what ends up happening is that when you miss obstacles, right, you get hit with 30 burpees and so yeah, 30 per obstacle, right? 30 per that you miss. Exactly. So you miss a couple back to back. Cause these things are spaced out like, you know, every half mile, so you hit a couple of those back to back all of a sudden you're gassed right because you're like like I so when I tore my bicep the next the beast I ran the only obstacles I didn't do were the ones that required me to hang right so I would yep. just go straight to the burpee pit and just do it and just start banging it out <laughs> I did 300 burpees man
1: oh man
0: <laughs> yeah so I, it was brutal so just keep that in mind too getting good at burpees one little trick and and I'll reference it again but starting your workouts and, and, and finishing your workouts with burpees is a cool. good idea okay. just because it's sports specific. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, in terms of like hanging though, there really isn't a whole lot of hanging necessarily. It's more swinging with your arms, yep. like monkey okay. bunk, right? Yeah. There are some things you got to jump up, pull yourself over like a muscle up. Uh-huh. Um, the big ones, though, that are going to wipe you out if you're not ready are the heavy carries, right? So, yes, like
1: the buckets buy, and the buy a bags bucket, and all that.
0: Just yeah. buy like a standard big paint bucket, fill it with sand. Who cares if it's heavier than the real thing? And just get comfortable with carrying that thing around. Because like, what are the distances on that? Is it like a quarter mile or something typically? I believe the there's a sandbag carry. So, there's a sandbag kay. and then there's a bucket carry. Okay. Pretty sure they got both of them in the beast. And each one is um a quarter mile, I believe. So it's like a that, or sometimes they push it a little bit further. That's the thing about Spartan, they'll tell you the race is four predictable. Miles? It's like 16.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, and correct me and tell because this is one of the things I, I haven't been able to find out is that if you set it down at all, then you're then you're DQ'd on that. It's not like you can set it down for rest and pick it up. Like you have to be able to do that full quarter mile with the 70. With nope. the
0: down bucket and set it down what i do is i flip it up uh and and for those who are, are listening i just turn the bucket sideways make sure it's before you do that, make sure it's tight, the lid's tightly so on. So it does
1: have a lid on it. Okay, that's It helpful. does have a lid. Okay. Yeah, and
0: I'll, I'll either carry it on one shoulder, like straight up, or I'll flip it on its side and just carry it on my back. Gotcha. Run that way. versus. Okay, so it's
1: not it. just like holding it that. Okay, because I I had one friend who he had done, maybe it was like a Dirty Dash or a Tough Mudder or one of those, where he said that they don't put a lid on it. If you spill
0: anything, you're DQ'd Ooh. on it. It's just like, oh, yeah, different man. races. There's so many races yeah. out there now. But Spartan, thankfully, uh, puts a lid. The only thing, though, is you will get DQ'd if that lid opens up and it spills out. Yeah. So just make sure that sucker is on there because otherwise, because okay. I I actually did see <laughs> poor, poor girl picked up the bucket, tur- tried to turn just all, all the sank about Oh, it like, man. 30 burpees, you know. Do your burpees. Oh, <laughs> <my> <laughs> sucks. <laughs> talking about it, though, I'm getting excited, man. That, so there's <laughs> there's some Spartan races that uh, there's the new, I don't know if you saw the, the Decafit. Did you see that one? Yes, uh-huh. Cause did you watch the Spartan games that they did that like four part series That was incredible. I would love to do something like that. We got to do it, man. I mean, Um, we just got to pick it and do it. Like I I'm up for whatever 2020 sucked because everything kept getting canceled. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go do a race as soon as they open up. And then every single one got canceled near, near us.
1: Um, That's how it was for everything here too. The one, the half Ironman that I was actually able to do wasn't even Ironman. It was some like little, community one up in a resort town in Northern Utah. And it felt like I was doing like a uh, elementary school fun run, but it was an official race. So we did it.
0: (laughs) I got to pick your brain about something because my goal in the next, like besides Spartans, which I'm going to do a couple this year, hopefully, but I want to do a triathlon. um, Because I have my bike and loving the bike, loving the running but man, I am terrified of swimming. Like okay. I just stink at it. And this is coming from a guy who grew up surfing in Virginia beach, but it's a different game because you're on top yeah. of the water, right? Yeah. I never got good at actually swimming laps and like being a good swimmer. Where do I start with that, man? Because that is just a terrible struggle for me. Okay. So for me, there were two things. Cause oh, dude, I remember the first time I tried to do
1: 25 yards and I was just like this is it I, there's no way I'm screwed <laughs> there's Overful. there's no way <laughs> like oh, I can't man. do any of this <laughs> yep um so I uh I struggled with that for a little bit and then the one of the first things that I did after struggling with that was I got a snorkel so that I could have some time not really worrying about breathing but just focusing on my strokes mm. um and even that was really difficult I remember the first time I got 200 yards just with the snorkel because I found that like I couldn't force myself to breathe out. There was this mental block of, I couldn't do it. It was really difficult. And so much of it was just playing around with that mental aspect of it. And so that took maybe a month to get to the point where I was good with that. And then the other thing that I did is I used a program called total immersion, Mm, which you can get, Yeah, you can get like the physical copy of the book. Tim Ferriss used it. He talks about it a lot. But honestly, they have like these seven free YouTube videos Mm. that I just happened to watch. And I I remember somebody turning me on to it. um, My friend Ryan Hildebrandt had done an Iron Man. And so he turned me on to Total Immersion even before I got started. And I like read half the book, but I didn't have any familiarity with being in the water. And so it didn't really click like it all just kind of went over my head. And then after a month or two of being in the pool, I went back and I watched the videos on this. And, dude, it was a night and day difference. I remember before watching those videos, I was struggling to maybe get 75 unbroken yards. And then the first day after I did it, I got 300 no problem. And then after that, like, it became my favorite event in the whole thing. There was was something so enjoyable and cathartic about swimming especially doing it out in the open water like i fell in love with with doing open water swims and so those two resources were huge for me
0: that's massive yeah because it gives me some hope i i jumped into the pool uh i I was actually gonna get ready for a triathlon in 2020 okay Uh, and with everything once again to happen i just right so i got in the pool for the first time and uh i dude i couldn't even make it halfway down yeah like I, I was like, I stood up halfway in the lane and the yep. you know, people swimming next to me, I'm like, I, what do I do? I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm going to die. Big guy. I can't <laughs> but like literally, but then I see these guys who are like, and no offense, they're not in great shape, but they are amazing swimmers. Uh huh. And I'm just like, wait a second. There's a like, skill here. There's something going on. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm, I'm coming with all these reasons, all these excuses, but it sounds like I just need to, like the, the title says, totally immerse myself into it and and just be willing to struggle for a while to get it down because it's not going to be like running where I go to a, you know a couple of running classes and I'm like all right I'm good it's, no you can't
1: just grind it out or tough it out it really is it's a skill set because you learn how to be able to breathe in the right way that you're especially because guys who are built like us, Like there's not a whole lot of extra body fat. There is a lot of extra muscle, especially on your legs. And so your legs are going to want to drag down, which means that you're not very streamlined. And so you have to be able to get your balance right so that your legs float up. And then you try and get yourself as long as possible so that you're more hydrodynamic. And then they talk about doing these really like big, long strokes with minimal kicking so that you can preserve your, your leg strength for the, like, there's all these skills that go into it. And as soon as I made that, that switch where it's like, okay, I can't just muscle my way through this, like a can on a bike or on a run, but I actually have yeah. to learn these skills. And I got more focused on that. If I can do 10 yards and do it right, then that's a win. Then that's when it starts to change.
0: Yeah, man. Cause yeah the bike is my currently my favorite because it's I just love bikes me, it's
1: power. Like I can oh, just it's power. So fun, right. <laughs> I best, can still, dude. like I could still just go bang out a five hour ride and have so oh, yeah. much fun with it because the headspace that you're in and whether you're doing it with friends or you've got a good audiobook on or anything else, it's just so fun. Yeah. And
0: it's so low impact. So like I try to tell guys all the time, you know, running will take a toll on you at some point. You, you, have, yeah. to, you have to really build that up. Right. Uh, but biking, man, like, I don't know what it, maybe it's just our genetics, but biking, I feel like I I recover quick. Oh yeah. I'm just like the next day I could go for another ride. No problem. As long as you have a good pair of
1: bibs that you've got some good padding on there, like you're, you're set. And even when you do, I remember the first time I tried to do a century, a hundred mile ride, and I got Mm. like 75 miles in and I had two flats. And so I was done, but I was, I was totally cooked. And Mm. I woke up the next day and I lifted and I swam again because it just yeah. does not, it's it really does not take it out of you like running does.
0: It's so crazy, man. Biking and also by the way, biking burns a ton of calories. Oh like, so much. People don't realize I'm like, you you want to get lean, go get a bike. Like that right. thing, that thing and will it's not up.
1: monotonous like running because you're moving fast enough that the terrain changes and the view changes yep. and all of that. It's so much more enjoyable. Hand yeah. eye
0: coordination. Every, right.
1: I've okay. never every time I'm on a <laughs> every time I'm on a bike ride and I see runners, I'm just like, oh, I'm glad I'm not doing that. And every time I'm running and I see cyclists, it's like, oh, I wish they were doing that instead.
0: <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Running's probably my least. The, the one thing though, I'll say about running is when you finish a run, there's no better feeling. Oh, it feels so great. It's the best dude. I'm yeah. like that finish line is it destroys everything else. Like I love finishing a bike, but Finishing a run has a special place in my heart. <laughs> yeah. So I did that today. I hit a 315
1: on squat. That was a PR today.
0: Nice. And then
1: I went and I ran 3.15 miles just to just to do that. And it was slow. I mean, I was at like a uh, nine-ish. So it was not it was not where I'm, but it, I remember that last 100 yards. I was so pissed because I was slow and I was so gassed. But at the same time, you get done and you're just like, yes.
0: Yes. Exactly. So good. We we gotta we gotta come up with and we talked about this before, but we need to come up with standards for men to hit right um, mm-hmm. when it comes to these different disciplines. And then you could even take it a step further and be like, okay, for you know events that you would apply these disciplines in, yeah, this is where you should aim to to finish, right? Yeah, so, like a beast, like what you know. I so the story on the beast, by the way, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I want to hear about this and what your
1: time was and what like let, yeah, let's hear it all. the yeah.
0: time was the time was terrible. I think it was like uh I have to look back. it was five I think it was five hours or something okay but I'll, I'll I'll dig it up but the time was irrelevant irrelevant because finishing was so hard um, it was in uh, the the course was down in North Carolina. I'll okay. send you the link because there was a, there was an article on it on how it was the most difficult course ever. Oh, yes. Cause what happened was there was torrential downpours days leading up to the event. And then during the event, the temperature dropped from, I think it was in the low fifties down to the high thirties while it was raining the whole time. Oh dude. So it was puddles. And how did you light. even stay warm? So I, I had mild hypothermia afterwards. i I was literally shaking so i had to so they you would cross the finish line Uh uh-huh and um people were dropping out by the way left and right oh totally you you couldn't even climb up the hills it was so muddy i was wearing special spartan racing shoes thank Uh god because i was literally i I was like repelling down these mountains i was holding on to branches oh my gosh putting my like fist in the dirt just to hold on anyway (sighs) it was it was an awful i did it with clients too by the way so like i scarred them for life um, felt like a terrible coach, but it was, it was awesome at the end, but, uh, we get to the finish line and they got like support staff literally handing out blankets and tin foil just to keep you alive. And yeah, <laughs> and they had started these little bonfires around the little rest areas. So people could warm up because there was emergency staff, like everywhere, trying to make sure people weren't like dying. Jeez. So I, I, dude, I couldn't stop shaking violently for almost two hours after the event, I, I sat in my car drinking water and shaking with the heat on blast. For almost oh two hours. I couldn't gosh. even drive. It was unbelievable. And now keep in mind, I'd done this after my bicep was torn and right. I, I, that was my first race back. Uh-huh. Uh, no, uh, I think it was November of 2019. Yep. Okay. And so the, here's the crazy part. So then I got really sick, uh, about a week later, Hmm. And it was what I thought was the flu. Okay. And so I go and get a test, a flu test, because yeah. I was like, I, I think I have the flu. And my doctor was like, You got everything that the flu is. Well, it's you not- had COVID. I had COVID, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I got COVID. Oh man. From the Spartan race. Because <laughs> I was around <laughs> back so in many November people. of 2019. Exactly. And finished. You still finished year. it. Jeez. Yeah, dude. So I, that was a terrible flu. I mean, I felt like crap, but. I, I was like, I'm not, I don't have the flu. What could this be? And it passed, but I was like, oh, that's what it was. Cause people were starting to get sick around that time. So wild it definitely was COVID, but yeah, man. So that's, that's the, <laughs> spart- <laughs> go, go do a Spartan race. It'll be awesome. Oh man. <laughs> no, but that's fun. the kind of
1: stuff that I, that's really like, that's, what's so appealing to me about it. And there was something that yeah. just, it, it's that switch flipped when I was boxing because it's hard and it hurts and it's humiliating and it's humbling. And there are all these things and it feels so good to practice being more tenacious and to just do it anyway. And that, you know, it was a very similar story for my half Ironman because it was in this little, this bear Lake Utah and it's normally a very, very cold Lake. And, uh, the the storm that day was nuts. You know, like we go out and there are four buoys that were supposed to be swimming around and one of them had like blown away a mile and the sheriff's boat is out there like trying to find it. And they're saying, you know, we're we're not going to be able to do it. So they end up having two that are lateral to the shore. So you're only out about chest deep and you just now have to go four laps around it. But you go out and you're swimming against this current that's caused by the wind and there's white caps and you can't like... You take, you know, 10 strokes and then you stand up for a second and you realize you haven't moved forward (laughs) at all. Every time I would lean over to get to get a breath of water or get a breath of air, I would have a wave come crashing in. And so I would swallow water. So by the time I get out of the water after the swim, I look like I'm nine months pregnant because I've swallowed so much air and water. And then it's raining the whole time on the bike. I can't eat, which you'll learn that nutrition is such a huge aspect okay. of these longer ones, which I'm sure it's the same thing on the beast, because I feel like I've got needles, you know, in my stomach because I've got all this other stuff going on in there. Yep. You about pass out dealing with the headwinds. And then by the time I get to the run, you finally are starting to get rid of that gas. And anybody who's running knows that you don't trust every time you're just like, please be a fart, please be a fart, please <laughs> be a fart. <laughs> so much every time it was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's the same thing where it's just like guys dropping out left and right. The pros that were there were complaining that that was the most difficult race that they had ever done. And I'm just grinning ear to ear because it's like this is what i signed up for like i just yeah. wanted it to be miserable like this and so hearing your story rather than discouraging me just makes me go sweet i cannot wait to go out and oh, do. you're it. gonna
0: love it i have no doubt i i think you'll want to do another one like soon after because it is addictive you do it and you're like and, and all the obstacles are so like primal right like you know your they, climb, that's what looks climb. so fun right the road climb, by the way it's just a technique but you'll you'll i'll send you a couple of videos it's super easy once you get it down but It's all the stuff that like you would build in your backyard, right? Like you, you would be like, if I put together and this is how it started, I had Joe Decina on the show uh, a while back. And he was like, the reason it started, was like, I just want to have my friends over for like a barbecue and do races. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And I was like, that's totally what it is. It's like a bro, like, and, and don't get me wrong. There's all types of people out there, but it's like, if I'm designing an obstacle course, this is what it's going to look like.
1: Right. Yeah. Which actually so, we're building, we're building a, a trial course in my friend's backyard. He's got a full oh, acre sick. and we're going to build a few of the obstacles to be able to practice and play around on.
0: Oh, you guys will, man, you guys are going to tear it up, man. That, that is, that is epic. Well, dude, I, I know your time's valuable. I, I, we haven't even talked about business or anything, but <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> t- talk to the, to the, I know the audience that, you know, might know you might not, but um, what are you currently doing? What's it look like and how can they uh, become a part of it?
1: Yeah, totally like wild left turn from everything that we've talked about. But that's what's fun is that it's all self development, right? It's all you get good at what it is that you're good at. And then you figure out it's like, Oh, I kind of I lack in this area. And I want to bring that up. So what my main focus is, is I teach men how to dress like they have a modicum of self self respect, as mm-hmm. opposed to just showing up in basketball shorts and baggy t-shirts that are from the 5k that their wife made them run five years ago or whatever else. And yeah, so I do, I do style coaching. Um, And really it's one of those things that like fitness, uh, like getting your finances dialed in, like getting your relationships dialed in when you get it figured out and you figure out how to do it in a way that it's actually, again, congruent. I've used that word a lot on this podcast, but it's because that word matters when the outside of you is congruent with the inside of you. Your confidence goes through the roof. People trust you more. People respect you more. You carry yourself with more gravitas, with more authority, and so yeah, that's that's kind of my main business thing. And if you guys are looking at yourselves, going, "Oh yeah, I haven't actually cared about what I've worn for the last ten years," then you should check out my stuff, and I can help you out.
0: Yeah, I, I, you're the only guy I, I look at for style tips or advice or what to wear, all that stuff. And I, also, I, I will say the clients you've been uh, showcasing recently, I've been blown away with, man. Like, I'm like, man- I'm killing it. it. Yeah, they're they're absolutely killing it. And for those of you listening who may have lost a bunch of weight or went through a transformation, like that's when you really want to make sure that your appearance and everything is dialed in because you probably have to get a new wardrobe and like all that stuff. And guys who want to have all pieces to the puzzle figured out, this is a big one, man. Like it's a huge one. Well, and it's such
1: a- it's such a reinforcement of all the work that you've put in to get in better shape. Because a lot of times when you're wearing the same clothes that you were before, you catch your reflection in the mirror, you see yourself on your wife's Instagram page and you don't actually look as different as you were hoping you were going to. And it's not because you haven't made incredible changes with your body. It's because your wardrobe still looks the same and it doesn't hang right, right. Or anything like that. And so if you want to really like solidify and make those changes permanent then that's the perfect time to capitalize on it. Like Josiah was saying, because you can have this new wardrobe that reflects the newer, better version of you. And all of a sudden you're totally idealized as opposed to just kind of half and half or none and none like you were before.
0: Yeah. I talk about all the time, but we have to cut ties with that former version of yourself. Yeah. That's not your identity anymore. Right. That's sometimes something that we're, we're afraid to do out of comfort or whatnot, but, you know, getting rid of all the things that you were tied to when you were basically the less authentic version of yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. That's such a huge step. Get rid of that stuff. Move into the next phase of the better you, which includes your appearance. I, you I mean, the best tweets are the, you know, <laughs> real men don't care how they look. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Cause I'm so like, dude, a fun every man cares how he looks. Every yes. man, it's the best. And it's proven through those tweets, the most iconic figures in a history of men cared a lot
1: about always yep
0: it's incredible how has tech
1: jaguar warriors to george washington to everybody the 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 most influential men in all of history in every part of history have always understood that their appearance matters and it can be used to their advantage or to their disadvantage yep even jesus christ he absolutely
0: was a minimalist but it worked out incredible and it's that's but that was by design Imagine how much different it would have been if he came looking like Herod or like a Roman or it would have been it would have totally undercut the message. Totally, man. And that's but see, that's the power of, of what you preach because everything matters. Yeah. Uh, and even if it's nothing, that matters. And, and it's for a reason. So be purposeful. That's that's it. Love it. Yep. Absolutely, man. Where can they connect the best with you? So
1: best places are Twitter and Instagram. It's at Tanner Guzzy, T-A-N-N-E-R-G-U-Z-Y. Or if you want to see more of the style specific stuff, uh, I've written a book called The Appearance of Power, which you can find it on Amazon and on Audible. And the main site is masculine-style.com.
0: Awesome, man. Hey, one of these days we're going to do an in-person podcast. I had made that uh, promise to myself in 2019. I started doing it. Every episode was in person uh, with Stupid 2020. I had to put it on pause, but we will do
1: absolutely an
0: in-person podcast at some point very soon. Uh, but man, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, brother. Yeah, always fun to hang out, dude. Thanks for having me on again. My pleasure. You are welcome. Back. Thank you for
1: listening to the True Transformation Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review and subscribe to the show. True Transformation.